Good morning. We have been studying the book of Ephesians. Um, we have completed up to chapter 2, the first passage. Today we are going to focus on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22. If I had to summarize my message, it is like this. We need God's revelation to grasp the riches of Christian life and fellowship. We can receive such revelation by three things. Remembrance, recalling and realizing. Can we go into the details? So before that, let me share a few introduction to the book of Ephesians. Somebody said, um, if you read Ephesians, you will be efficient. Warren Biersby, he gives the title, Be Rich, for this book. Be Rich. He also goes on to give an illustration about uh, a lady. Her name was uh, Hetty Green, the greatest miser of American history in 1916. And uh, she had $100 worth of property. But she used to have, she used to live in a mentality of poverty. She never used to, she, never, she used to drink cold milk because she doesn't want to spend money on gas. Her son got injury and fractured and uh, she was waiting for a free treatment. And by the time he had to, he got infected and uh, his leg had to be amputated and she was caught in an argument between what is the what is good for health skimmed milk or fat milk in that argument she had a cardiac arrest and died she left all her property she lived as a poor person same thing happened to christians also how rich we are how rich we are it cannot be understood without god's revelation how christian life is amazing, awful, rich. That needs God's revelation so that we are filled with awe and wonder. Oh, this is the life and hope for which we are called. So that can come only by God's revelation. Let me illustrate this uh, riches, uh, how we understand this. The book of Ephesians is also like a will written to the descendants or the heirs of the owner of the property. For example, a person writes a will and disclose that. Let me give an example of uh, Musa bin Shamsar, you know, Prince Musa. He is the richest person in Bangladesh. He has 12 billion dollar property. He is writing a will for his children. He is inviting all of us for that ceremony and uh, he is reading his will. While he is reading, he says, this will also not the property after me, the property belongs to my children as well as DICC or all of you. We may not be wonder, we may not wonder or we may not feel so great about it, but if he says that to the Rohingya refugees or if a king says, Maybe a king in this country says that you are given citizenship in this country. How they will feel, you know? 
that is the that is the reality of this life you know we were foreigners and aliens but god said you are fellow citizens members heirs that is the wonder of this life the problem is we are happy that we can receive it but if some more people are included in that we are troubled so today we are going to focus on how we are united as one body in christ back in my church the pastor used to say what is church ro ch and the last ch what is church you are the church i am the church it's not the building but you are the church i am the church we are the church together we are a corporate body one in christ so let me go go to the passage ch- chapter 2 verse 11 Therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision The first point I want to make is we need to remember we need to remember our former condition If only we remember that then we will be grateful to God and we will be able to love God more and more here it says you were branded as uncircumcised maybe you can think about what whatever the brand we had or the discriminatory note we had in our life you were branded like that uncircumcised separate from christ you you didn't have a savior you were refugees without citizenship no constitutional protection no hope no god that was a former condition if we realize if we remember our condition this is a spiritual discipline remembrance is a spiritual discipline we need to remember our former days from where god delivered us because even to uh, israelites when he gave 10 commandments he says i am the lord your god who brought you out of the slavery so where we are taken delivered from we need to realize then only our love for god will grow more and more that is our condition <clears throat> let me illustrate it with a story from gospel it says it looks chapter 7 verse 36 to 50 we see that um, uh, jesus visiting the house of simon the pharisee when he was at his home a woman comes and uh, wets the feet of jesus with her tears and wipes it with her hair see that expression of her love and uh, simon is getting disturbed by that and he's asking jesus why he are allowing this what he's thinking in his mind why he is allowing this if he is a prophet he will know what kind of woman she is then jesus had to explain to him there was a money lender who two people owed him money one was 500 dinari another one was 50 and he both of them were not able to pay the money so he just cancelled it then jesus asked who will love him the most then said whoever had a greater debt cancelled then jesus says see the moment she came inside she has been shedding her tears wiping my feet with her hair that is a love she is showing because she realizes how much 
she has been forgiven. The love for our God will grow only when we realize how much we have been forgiven. We think, okay, I was okay. I was a good person. <laughs> God saved me somehow. If that was our uh, realization, then we may not be able to love God. We need to know, we need to see our former condition the way God sees that. Separate from Christ. No hope, no God. In the in the previous passage, last week we discussed, you know, you were dead in your trans, tra trespasses and sin. Dead. That was our condition. And God made us alive, raised us with Christ, and seated us, created us a new person, as a handiwork of God, to do good work. That, was, that is what God has done in our life. So when we remember our former condition, we'll be able to love God the more and more. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You're far away, going far away from God, as much as possible. I heard an illustration about a, a thief. He took a car and just went away. And this woman, uh, uh, whose car this is, you know, she, she, uh, she just called the police and asked him to chase the thief. And she told the police, it's not because of the car I am going to chase this person, because I bought a rat poison and kept it next to the driver's seat. I don't want this thief to re-eat that and die. So they were chasing and chasing and chasing. He was running away, speeding away from them. Remember this illustration. The police was chasing to save this person's life. But he was running away thinking that he will be caught. That is exactly our condition. We were running away from God, but he was coming behind us. We were running away and away and as much as possible, we just went far away. That's what we read here. We who are far away have been brought near. He came and preached peace to us. I was reflecting about the thief on the cross. How he would have felt. Mm. He did, uh, he just messed up his life. He just got into all kinds of crime and you know, finally got into this trouble. He was going to be executed and uh, he might have thought, okay, I have gone far away from the Lord as much as I can. I made a mess of my life. There is no hope in my life. Then he turns here and sees the Savior next to him. Today you will be with me in paradise, the life of hope. He thought he's very far from God. He later found God is so near. That is what exactly happened to us. We thought we have gone away from him, but all the way he has been behind us, following us, trying to bring us back to him. So when we remember our former condition, we'll be able to love him more and more. Second, Verse 14 onwards. When we recall what he has done in our life, we'll be able to live in unity. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, 
the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Make the two groups one, that's what he has done. Destroy the barrier, created one new humanity, that is exactly the church. Now church represents the one new humanity. You are reconciled both in one body, put to death their hostility, and all of us have, he has created access to God through his spirit. Here we see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is working hard to unite all of us, create one humanity out of the two, not just two, Jews and Gentiles, which means the entire world, whoever believes in Jesus Christ, become one family, one body, the universal body of Christ. So that is what Father, Son and the Holy Spirit working very hard to unite all of us. But how difficult it is to accept this reality, you know. Fundamentally everything boils down to relationship. How we relate with one another, how we have fellowship with one another, how do we understand this, we are one body in Christ. Fundamentally that. He has united as one body. Now we have a blood relationship. No. He said, I, am, I have a new covenant of blood. We are all, we are blood relatives. <laughs> we are all blood relatives by the blood of Jesus Christ. This international church is an expression of that, you know. We are from so different background, but we are one family, one in God, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is so difficult for many of us to, in this world currently, you see how much of conflict, how much of, uh, in the name of religion, you know, in the name of faith, how much of division, discrimination, denomination, we talked about denomination this morning. <laughs> Somebody said there are 33,000 denominations in the world. And uh, he also said, uh, Satan is active in all the denominations. God is active in some denominations. <laughs> so many denominations we have. So many discrimination we have. We are not able to get along with one another. We want to go into the details of how I can be. In India, I don't know, you may not be able to understand. In India, as soon as when people try to uh, relate with us, they will try to find out which caste I belong to. And uh, what is my origin, where I belong to, kind of, you know, they will try to then, if they know that I belong to the same caste, then they will relate with us. Not in the common society, in church, as soon as a pastor comes, they will ask, this pastor, you are related to this person, that person, they will try to find out the <laughs> root, find out where they belong so much of divisions casteism racism nationalism all kinds of division in the world but christ the father son and the holy spirit is working so hard to unite all of us but if we are working against that then we are really rebelling against god's design and plan for the whole world this is not only our problem peter had this problem peter was a revival speaker Peter was a miracle worker. He just pronounced death to Ananias and Sapphira. 
such a powerful man of God, he himself had this problem. God had to deal with him in Acts chapter 10. In a dream God revealed and uh, he, he saw unclean animals and he, God says, kill and eat. No, 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 I cannot eat anything which is, I have not eaten anything which is unclean and impure. God says, this is, a, this is what God says. The vo this voice second time spoke to him. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. That is apply that applicable to our relationship. That heals the inner, you know, the barrier that we build. That heals. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. What kind of a division in our mind or discrimination in our mind or the barrier that we build in our mind that doesn't help us to relate, embrace and act as one body of Christ. Let us think about it. I lived, I worked for a community in southern part of India where every tea shop used to have two, two tumblers, one for one caste, another for another caste. That is a level of untouchability. <laughs> and uh, they had to, we worked for four or five years there and uh, it was becoming better. So much of thing, in every nation, every country, every society, something or the other will be there to divide us. In our own denominations, we have so many denominations, how much we are able to love one another, accept one another. And um, there was a, we had a pastor's meeting and uh, we called all the pastors and after the meeting we got to take a photograph. That time we had so much difficulty, it took one hour to take photograph because to decide who will sit on the four chairs, <laughs> who has to stand, who should be in which place. They had so much of difficulty. Okay, the Anglican pastor should be here, or Pentecostal pastor should be at the side, or this person. <laughs> so one hour we had to deal with this to take a photograph to keep this so that they want to have a prominent place. So how this will be healed? How this can be healed? This terrible desire to hold on to our own identity, which we have not acquired, which we have not achieved, but it's only our my birth, <coughs> but the rebirth should heal us from this to create one new humanity. Finally, I said, remember your former condition of life that will enable you to love God and more. Second, the love of God will translate into love for people and the body of Christ, the fellowship that recall what God has done. Finally, Realize God's presence and our privilege so that that will make us as one body. Verse 19 onwards. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. 
in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit here we see you are members you are citizens you are a holy temple you are indwelt by God let me share with you there is no independent Christian there is no one called an independent Christian you are a citizen a citizen which means you belong to a nation you are a member of a household which means you belong to a family you are a heir or co-heir with Christ which means you are partaker of a promise you are not alone many times our prayer is individual prayer you know but we pray our father our father which means our prayer need to include many people it should not be only individual my needs my needs my needs let not let us not think that god is just around one person we are around god and all of us he is the head and we are the body there is no orphan in christ all of us are members of a family and somebody said god doesn't have grandchildren all of us are his children there is no private faith we are accountable to each other for our life in Christ. There is no private faith. I'll keep my faith to myself. That may be a religion or some rituals. But we are a body of Christ. We need to be accountable to one another. Just as uh, she said, keep me accountable for bringing my Bible next week. <laughs> that is the accountability. No. We need to be accountable to one another. We are accountability partners. We should be able to ask, uh, how are you and how is your life? Are you reading your Bible and praying and uh, how is your life? Amen. We should be able to, but churches are not like that. So much of church cannot stand up to the uh, standard God has set, but we need to pursue. We need to, all of us, it is not uh, somebody else's mistake, each one, my mistake. I am not doing that. All of us need to contribute to that. So it's a corporate body. Let us not think church as a call center where people can pray for you to God. Church is not a business process outsourcing place where you can outsource your spiritual affairs. And preachers and pastors and music leaders are not uh, performers to entertain the congregation. The only audience in the church is God. All of us do worship Him. He is the audience. All of us are not audience spectators here. We need to participate, worship Him. So we are the church. We are the temple. And in which God dwells by His Spirit. That should make us to fall down and worship Him. How can... I used to think people... My, many people used to say, God doesn't live in a dirty vessel. But I realize God comes to a dirty vessel first, then cleans it up. <laughs> That's my personal testimony. It should be true for all of us. It is not that when we are clean, He comes in inside. He comes inside and cleans up everything. It is not that we go to Him after we are clean. 
We just go to him as we are and he dwells in us. What a great truth to know that God dwells in us. Not only in me, but in all of us. And this becomes where two or three gathered in my name, I am present. There is an extra anointing and approval and authority available for the church of Christ. The church is more powerful than a parliament or an assembly. Because where we two, three unitedly pray, we can shake the whole world. That's authority God has given. And there is an amazing love here, where in our family background or a society, whatever has the, the hurt and the emotional damage we have experienced can be healed here. Because God is present here and he can bring as his one body. The unconditional love, the amazing love can be experienced, demonstrated. The church should be the foretaste of heaven. It is good, very ideal, but we are far from it, including myself. I am also responsible. Let us pursue this goal of becoming one in Christ and church reflecting that and in the same book we read, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities through the church. That is the purpose of God. To create one humanity in Christ, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority through the church. He said, I will build my church, gates of hell shall not prevail. The church has such an authority, such an awesome love and power. We only need to experience that and realize this. This is not that we are going to make it. Already God has done it through Jesus Christ. So let us remember that. Remember our former condition. Recall what God has done. Realize He is dwelling in us and among us. That will unite us as one body. We are citizens. We are members. We are co-heirs. We are partakers of His promise. We have an unshakable kingdom. The problem is, if our sinful condition is not so serious matter, then nothing will matter to us. Our salvation is not a great privilege, then it is not serious subject. So just a boring subject. And this world is a better place than the world to come, then it is also a boring subject. Nothing to get excited about it. But all these revelation comes, the realization comes only by God's revelation. And the discipline that we have to do is remember, recall, and realize. Let's pray. When we were dead in our trespasses and sin, He has made us alive. With Christ, He raised us and seated us. He reconciled us. We were foreigners and aliens, but now fellow citizens. We were members, we are members of one body. We are the church the temple of God, in which God lives by His Spirit. Father in heaven, I confess my failures and shortcomings in realizing this. 
help me and forgive me lord even i do pray for my church and all of us together here help us to demonstrate and realize this wonderful riches of your life and fellowship in the body of christ help us to act as a body of christ accountable to the head we commit all of us into your mighty hand let this church continue to reflect this elements in this country and for each and every one of us in the name of jesus christ we pray amen